Who are the tight ends you should be targeting if you have a win-now dynasty team? That is what we're talking about on today's episode. All that and more on today's episode of Locked on Dynasty. You are Locked on Dynasty football, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is former NFL scout Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how's it going? It's going well. Um as I mentioned with my first recording with uh, Peacock and Williamson, I have to apologize because I am in the world's smallest dorm room, just surrounded by cinder block <laughs> and sound just radiates through here. So it's best I could do at the moment. So that's where I'm at here in lovely Latrobe, PA, watching Steelers. Listen, the inside look on the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and the and the scouts eye is why you're here. Yes. So. Uh, we can we can deal with it for an episode as you're hanging out at Steelers camp for sure. Uh, Matt, today is Thursday. That means we have a game today. Okay. Browns, Jets, we already know Deshaun Watson won't play. Pretty much nobody we really care about will play, but that's okay. We've got football to watch in just a matter of hours. I cannot No doubt. Wait. It's maybe the most anticlimactic thing in all of sports, the Hall of Fame game. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but we all get excited. We fall for it every year. and. It is live football. That's right. That's right. Matt, we are continuing our series of win now trade targets. Of course, we've talked quarterback, running back, and wide receiver this week so far. We're finishing up that series today with win now tight end trade targets. And I think as I was looking over some of the names, I think this might be the easiest position to find those win now pieces. Um, Okay. Uh, oh, okay. we disagree a already. Little. I had more. I mean, it's a standalone position. There's obviously fewer tight ends and wideouts to pick from, or whatever. But I didn't love my list. I'm bring it on. Let's go. I mean, I, I, maybe it's my affinity for the hot young tight end. I don't like the old ones. Well, I mean, part of that is okay. So again, we're we're not going to tell you Travis Kelsey's a win now tight end or Mark Andrews mm-hmm. or or even George Kittle. We'll we'll we've tried to avoid the top twelve players uh, this week in this conversation. We'll avoid the top five or six uh, for these tight ends. Again, we're you know you might you might you talked about the hot young tight end your favorite your favorite <laughs> right. Uh, right favorite joke when we're talking tight ends, but. There's a lot of those guys, whether it's one of the rookies, mm-hmm. Kincaid or Laporta, you might have drafted those guys. They're they're both, I believe. Yeah, they're both currently tight end ones, according to DLF Dynasty ADP. So they're both being drafted among the top 12. And they, they sure look great on your roster in, in uh, June and July and uh, and August. But come, you know, come week one, when you've got to click on those on those names, it becomes a little oh, tougher. Yeah. And sure. I mean, they. They could certainly have great rookie seasons. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping they both do and and others do as well. But there's so many veterans, including some cheap ones that that we'll talk about today that can bridge that gap until those rookies or, you know, and maybe even it's uh, Greg Dulcich from last year. Chigo Conquo, okay. I didn't uh, know another that, rookie yeah. last okay. year that we're, we're counting on. Okay, maybe I just viewed Well, no, I didn't different. either. I'm oh, saying... No, I didn't go that young either. I'm saying if you're if you've got those guys, you think they're your long term answer at tight end, but they might 
they might not have that, uh, you know, that consistency piece or, you know, honestly just may not be ready to be that every week starter from a dynasty standpoint. I think there's quite a few guys and most of them pretty inexpensive that you can grab uh, and, and plug in. That's what we're starting. Uh, that's what we're talking about today. So I'll I'll let you go first since you struggled to find some names here or struggled to find some you liked. Uh, give us your. Well, first I will guy. throw one little short conversation out that could turn into an hour long podcast. But you know, we just yeah. brushed off Kelsey. I mean, again, that's a half hour conversation. Do you really want to invest in him now if you're a win now team or not? I just wanted to throw it out there that he's. Mm. You know, I brought up Cooper Cup. I, you know, I brought up some of the – I brought up Eckler. I mean, he's even above those guys in terms of dominance at the position. But maybe we'll right. save that for some other time. But because he's overqualified, obviously. Yes, right. And, and yeah, that certainly doesn't mean don't target right. him if you have a win-now team. It just means that's the obvious call, especially if he is somehow on a team that is not mm-hmm. a contender and you have a contender – you don't need us to tell you to, to connect those. Guys. Exactly. And I think the same is true. And you mentioned this to start the show with George Kittle, but I did want to throw this out there as kind of a, an aside, you know, to our, you know, our, our buddy Scott Barrett too, because I was fiddling with um, fantasy points per route run, which is an awesome, awesome stat. Okay. Kelsey's number one at 0.57. So every time he runs a route, he gets you 0.57 fantasy points. Kittle's not far behind Mm. at 0.52. So maybe people think there's a bigger gap there than is truly there. Maybe you can get him at 75% of the cost of Kelsey. I I just want to throw that out there because I was a little shocked by that number. Yeah, that is that's a good pull for sure. And as far as the value, I think uh, I think it's probably less than seventy five percent. Honestly, the gap in value. Um, Kelsey seems to be maintaining his dynasty value, whether you're looking at ADP or uh, checking the trade value according to the Trade Finder at DLF. Um, Kittle Kittle's actually losing value kind of steadily. So I think people are maybe worried mm-hmm. about. Uh, the injuries with Kittle or just uh, just just the depth that is that is on that team where Kelsey is obviously locked in as as his team's top target. Um, so Kelsey, Kittle, both great to have for those uh, win now teams. Anybody else? Who I else think an obvious have? one, too, is, is Waller. You know, I mean, yeah, he was he was the top guy. Too, on my the list. ones that I felt counted. So, you know, take it away. I mean, I, I think they'll scheme him up well. I have some doubts, though. I mean, he hasn't been super productive over the last, you know, recent memory. Well, I think he's been. I mean, that's I, unfair. I, yeah, yeah. I don't worry about the production. I, yeah, I just worry about the injuries. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's what really um, essentially cost him almost his entire season last year. When he was on the field, he was still a tight end one in the majority of his games. That's what you're looking for, or at least that's what I'm looking for with these uh, veteran tight ends, especially. Give me a tight end one game at least half okay. the time, and, and most of the, most of the guys on my list today um, meet that criteria. At least they did last season. Waller is the tight end eight in dynasty, and he was a top twelve tight end in fifty six percent of his games last year. Um, again, that's uh, somewhat of a small sample size because of that injury. The Raiders felt comfortable moving on from him, and, and now I mean, you look at that Giants 
receiving core. I mean, it's kind of become a, a little bit of a joke or a meme that they have invested in all these undersized slot type wide receivers and Darren Waller. Yeah. So, I mean, Waller, he, does stand if he out. doesn't lead the team in targets in receiving in touchdowns. I think it, it would be a major upset. So he's, uh, he's certainly primed for a huge year. Um, he is, uh, you know, at his age, that's when, uh, I believe he is, he's, I think he's still 30. He hasn't turned 31 yet, but that's, that's when dynasty managers start really paying attention, maybe getting a little worried, but we know those tight ends age. Mm-hmm. Well, at least the elite ones do, of course, Kelsey, uh, nearing 34 years old himself. So, uh, I mean, I, I could certainly see Waller having two or three good seasons left, uh, you know, dynasty relevant, fantasy relevant seasons left. I, I love him as a okay. trade target. I think you make a great point, and I definitely trust the coaching staff. And it's not like they gave up nothing to get him. I mean, a third round pick is pretty substantial right. in this league. Yeah, looking at the trade finder, um, we talked about some of the other guys earlier in the week that the going rate seems to be a second round pick. That's what we're seeing with Waller as well. Um, Waller for a second round pick plus Irv Smith. That's an easy accept in my opinion. Um, Here's one the other way. Waller plus a third round pick for Mike Williams. So they moved from Waller, uh, supposedly moved up to get Mike Williams. I wouldn't mind moving Mike Williams if I was short a tight end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair value. Again, for one side to throw in a third, of course, it uh, sounds like those two managers viewed those guys as pretty mm-hmm. equal as well. Uh, Waller and a third rounder for a future first rounder. Now, mm-hmm. uh, that is not a move I would make. Don't give up a first round pick for Darren Waller. You know, honestly, even in a uh, in a tight end premium league, that's not a move that I would yeah, be making. Future firsts are just almost untouchable for me. Yeah, totally agree. Um, another name I had on my list, a couple spots down from Waller on our ADP list. And I think this is a pretty easy call as well. Evan Ingram, he's the tight end 10 in our ADP. Currently he was a wide receiver one in 53% of his games last year. So he meets that mark, uh, really had somewhat of a breakout season after a couple of frustrating years with the giants. Um, of course moves over to Jacksonville and, uh, his best season since his rookie year of 2017 and, and uh, you know, gets the franchise tag with Jacksonville eventually comes to a new uh, comes to an agreement on a new contract. So he'll be there uh, for the next couple of years, at least. And I love the situation for Ingram does obviously have quite a bit of competition when it comes to targets uh, with Christian Kirk and, and now Calvin Ridley there along with uh, guys like Zay Jones and, and whatever they do out of the backfield, whether it's Travis Etienne or Tank Bixby or, or someone else. Um, so that the target competition will mm-hmm. be tough. Uh, but I, I just love the, I love the talent of Ingram. I feel like we finally saw what he really can be. This person. Okay. I, I, I didn't consider Ingram or Njoku and I like both those guys a lot. I just kind of still looked at them as young building block pieces because tight ends last longer. So okay. maybe that's, my error, to be very honest with you, because everything you said about Ingram is dead on. I've been going back and forth and redraft and best ball. Do I prefer Ingram or Fryermuth? You know, like I like him. And I guess the best thing I could say about Ingram is I very much believe he has arrived, you know, that this isn't fluke. 
Yeah, I think you bring up a good point there. Uh, again, kind of big picture strategy. And we throw out that term win now. Um, and maybe the assumption from uh, from a lot of people is that means you have to be focusing on those uh-huh. older players like Kelsey, like, um, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers or someone, whoever might be the older on the older side of their specific position. Uh, Evan Ingram is 28 years old, turns 29 soon. David Njoku just turned 27. Yeah, so, uh, you know, both of those guys, if things go well in their careers and kind of things go as expected, we could be looking at another five years uh, right. of, of relevancy in their career, at least. Um, so, yeah, certainly not, uh, certainly not guys uh, towards the end of their career, but they could still be win now pieces. Mm-hmm. And I mean, honestly, a rookie or a sophomore could be a win now piece. You know, Bijan R- Robinson's a win now piece. And that's why uh, there was so much, uh, so much discussion on, is he the, if you earned the one one and you've got a bad team, is, is he even the pick? Do you even want that guy on your yeah, roster? I, I hear what you're saying. But that, again, that's a, that's a much bigger mm-hmm. conversation for later. We, we do have some other tight yeah. ends to discuss and we're going to do that next. Guys, every day, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you've access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Um, it's very, very easy to create a, a free post on LinkedIn Jobs. I mean, it, it's unbelievably simple, trust me. And then you add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Uh, Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Um, My my line of work's a little odd, but boy, I would have loved to have a a source like this when I was trying to break into the business. Um, It's also why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So here's what you do. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find your qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL, all one word. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Matt, before we continue talking about some specific tight ends that might help those win now dynasty teams hopefully bring home a title in 2023. Uh, I, I want to ask you again, kind of a big picture strategy question with the tight end position specifically, how low can we go in, in rankings and ADP and really feel comfortable with that guy as a starter? Yeah. Because again, you look at the top 12 tight ends, according to DLF dynasty ADP right now, Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, Hawkinson, Kittle, Goddard, Kincaid, Waller, Fryermuth, Ingram, Dulcich, and Laporta. Uh, you've got some um, maybe obvious names after that. David Njoku, Chig Okonkwo are the next couple of guys. I mean, how 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 comfortable do you feel going deep in the you know in the twenties, maybe even into the thirties, um, when you're looking for a player that might be a starting tight end on a uh, on a contender? Yeah, that's roster? a great conversation because. That, that's kind of like my other names for this podcast. I was going to say, maybe that's why you had trouble finding some guys that you really felt yeah, good exactly. about. exactly. Because the other names I'm going to bring up, I don't feel comfortable. I'm looking at my redraft ranks okay. right now. 
and I am comfortable with 10 names. Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, Kittle, Pitts, of course, Waller, Goddard, Fryermuth, Ingram, and Chig. You know, so Kincaid, Laporta, um, Dolchich, I like all those guys, but week one, click in the box for starting tight end. I'm not there yet. But I do have a couple of names still that are older that you we're going to get pretty cheap, though. Yeah, I think that makes that makes sense. I did see uh, or I, I found actually just the most random stat as I was looking back at at some previous ADP and some uh, fantasy finishes looking at um, the tight end 30, um, 37 tight end 37 from each of the past two years that player has finished as a top 10 fantasy tight end. So whoever was the tight end 37 in July, one year, uh, last year, it was Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill was the tight end 37 in our July ADP. He finishes as a top 10 tight end. The year before that, it was, uh, I believe it was Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz was the tight end 37. So the tight end 37 right now, Matt, maybe, maybe a guy who could finish top 10. Hayden Hurst. That's Maybe. not crazy to me. I mean, it's not crazy to me either. I didn't have him on my list, but hey, maybe it's it's some kind of fluke with this tight end thirty seven. <laughs> if it uh, if if Hayden Hurst finishes as a top ten tight end this year, I'll be chasing that guy uh, next July. Whoever uh, that's some serious be. research I'm by at- you, but not exactly a science that I'm going to bet every chip on. But Hayden Hurst isn't a bad call. Yeah, I, I mean, I he's, he's not fighting much for in the no. way of targets. No, I mean a crowded, obviously a crowded wide receiver room there, but we don't look at any of those guys as, uh, or at least we don't have any clarity on who the wide receiver one is, right? I mean, Thielen's old, Chart can't stay healthy, Terrace Marshall's just never really shown anything, and then uh, and then Mingo the rookie. So, I mean, you could make a case for any of those four guys, but you could also make a case that Hayden Hurst uh, ends up seeing uh, more than his share of targets yeah. as well. All right, Matt, give us another name. Tight end to target for those win-now dynasties. Yeah, again, I wouldn't say I'm thrilled to check the box on Tyler Higby as a starter, but I referenced this fantasy yeah. points data, and of all the all the tight ends that ran 50 or more routes, he came in 10th, I mean, ahead of Najoku, ahead of Schultz, ahead of Ingram. I mean, he's efficient. There's 29 names on this list, and he's number 10. You know, so I, I think it's – pretty close to being clear that he's the second target earner on his team and he has have a bit of a track record and he's cheap as could be. I had Higby on my list as well. He is the tight end 22 in our uh, DLF dynasty ADP this month. He did not hit that, that 50% number that I was mentioning Mm -hmm. earlier. He was a tight end one in 35% of his games last year. Um, but we, we really saw as, as that team dealt with some injuries and, uh, you know, someone pointed this out recently, we really saw the, uh, the way his role changed once Cooper cup was injured once, uh, I mean, really that entire team dealt with injuries last year, unfortunately. Uh, but, but they kept, um, they kept Higby into block so much more, um, as the season went along. So, I mean, you look at his. Uh, his first uh, four or five games of the season, multiple tight end one games in that period, and then uh, and then really fell off as the season wore on. So I think ideally, 
he'd be as much more involved as a pass catcher rather than a blocker. And like you said, he, he's certainly in the running in the conversation to be the second target on that team behind Cooper cup. Who's now dealing with a, with a training camp injury. So uh, again, things looking a little rough Mm -hmm. for the Rams to get started, uh, but maybe uh, unfortunately some good news for Tyler Higby. Uh, Next guy I had on my list was uh, I believe Higby's former teammate. If I'm remembering correctly, it's Gerald Everett, uh, the other LA tight end uh, of the LA chargers tight end 27, 44% of the time last season, he was a tight end one. Another player that is dealing with a lot of competition when it comes to uh, looking for targets on that chargers roster, of course, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Now they bring in Quentin Johnston, what they didn't bring in, though, was another tight end of of note or of relevance. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of projections, predictions, a lot of mock drafts that had the Chargers taking a rookie tight end, and uh, Gerald Everett escaped that and uh, pretty much has that job to himself. So I love that we talked earlier in the week about the Chargers as one of those teams we want uh, we want pieces of. Gerald Everett is pretty much the cheapest way to get access to that Chargers offense. Uh, what do you think about the Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, he he qualified as a hot young tight end for a long stretch. I've owned him everywhere. I've stuck with him. I see a lot of ability, although there's certainly inconsistencies with his game, and he's not much of a blocker, which sometimes coaches don't love. But, yeah, I mean, having Herbert throw to him in that system I think could be really good. And Sean Payton, or not Sean Payton, um, the new new OC, uh, Moore, just got yeah more just got a more. lot out of Dalton Schultz, who I think is yeah. clearly less talented than Everett. Yeah, and I think I think that might be the the last thing you mentioned there with Kellen Moore and and what he's gotten out of out of tight ends. I think that might be what's really pushing people towards Everett. Yet in Dynasty, whether it's because of his age or because of that target competition, his price has remained uh, very inexpensive. The ADP hasn't gone up much at all. Uh, The trade finder shows us that he's being either treated as a throw-in in a larger deal, which is to be expected, or being flipped for... Uh, for a third rounder, I did see a deal on here, and this is a second name or second time I've mentioned this name. So I want to ask you what you think about him, Gerald Everett for Irv Smith, straight up. Um, so Irv Smith, uh, another guy that certainly is a former oh, hot yeah. young tight end, one of your favorites, uh, former day two pick of the Vikings. Uh, I would say flashed in Minnesota, but never really uh, was able to stay healthy, honestly. So another guy that we, we feel pretty good about the talent. We just don't know if he can actually stay on the field. Of course, now he's with Cincinnati. He's pretty much the only option they have as a possible pass catcher uh, from that tight end position. Is he a guy that would show up on your list, uh, a list like this, or more of a dart throw rank? No, I, I think he's very comparable to Everett. And he came in the league very, very young. He's had obvious impediments that aren't his fault necessarily. I I can't stress this enough with tight ends that don't give up on them. I mean, even Evan Ingram was an early, it was a first round pick, which is rare and took him several years to hit his stride. Could Smith and Cincinnati be similar? I don't think that's insane. Um, Everett and Smith are guys I own a lot. They've been roster cloggers up until this point, but I'm not moving on from them. 
Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Irv Smith is the tight end 21 in our ADP, still just 24 years old. Uh, he will turn 25 very soon. Matt, we've got a couple more guys I want to ask you about. Uh, we'll do that right after Yeah, hey, I got a dark horse for you too. But uh, August is here, and you know what that means. I mean, it's officially the start of fantasy football drafting month. I mean, no doubt. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft. No waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. So easy. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger. With $15 million of total prizes up for grab. $15 million, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July. So don't wait around. You know, get on this. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with the promo code Locked On, all one word. You get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdog fantasy code Locked On. I already did this. Um, underdog is the easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place for best ball. Best Ball Mania 4 is the largest fantasy football tournament ever. The winner of Best Ball Mania 3 drafted their team in July. So, again, let's get on this. And, frankly, I get a notification on my phone hmm, 10 times a day that it's my turn to draft in uh, on Underdog. And it's great. And it's very simple. I probably have 12 to 15 teams already in, in there and using this promo code. Uh, trust me, it's easy. It's fun. You really get a jump up on your competition. Um Check it out right now. All right. We're back to finish the tight end conversation. When now tight ends, you said you had a dark horse for us, Matt. Let's Yeah, let's he might be free. I mean, he's 31 years old, but I think Jordan Aikens is a talented player that was in a bad, bad situation for much of his career. He's a Brown now, if people don't realize that. Yeah. But a lot of it goes, I keep referencing this fantasy points data. He ended up tied with Dallas Goddard in fantasy points per route run, only behind Kelsey, Kittle, and Andrews. Like, he's a good receiving threat. And you don't have to invest anything in this guy. You know, just throw him on the back of your roster. Yeah, certainly cheap. You won't be surprised to find out he does not have an ADP at DLF. He's going undrafted in those drafts. Uh, I, I mean, I like the call. I have I have uh, liked the talent of the player when he was in Houston. I don't know. Cleveland's it tough, is, though. I mean, right? And Joku's there. Harrison Bryant, I still like a little bit, although that's that kind of seems to be fading, especially as they brought in Jordan Aiken. So I, I don't mind it, certainly for the price, if you have the room on your, uh, on your roster. Uh, I asked you earlier, how low can we go in finding these win-now tight ends? And uh, this is the reason, because I see three guys on our ADP that are currently tight end 30 or later, all of them are at least 28 years old. So as we wrap up here today, just give me a yes or a no. Do you trust these guys as starters this season? Zach Ertz, tight end 30, 32 years old and coming off an injury. I know I'm supposed to say yes or no, but if we get good injury news, he's going to get targets. So probably. Okay. Taysom Hill, the name we mentioned earlier, tight end 35, 32 years old. 
Not even really a tight end. Uh, yeah. We know that, but that's that's the designation. He was a tight end one last year and caught single-digit passes, I believe. Uh, so whatever you want to call him or label him, is he a guy you would be targeting to help you win this year? I would say he's not for me. I mean, they, they now have three running backs that look like quality players. I can't see Carr coming out of the game all that much. I like. I really like Shahid. You know, like I want to see him on the field more. I like Jennings a lot. You know, some of the guys that don't get a lot of publicity in New Orleans, I would rather see on the field than Hill. And maybe the coaches don't agree, but I'm not big on Taysom Hill. All right, last one. We'll wrap it up with this. Hey, I oh, said yeah. Hayden Hurst. Hunter, Hen- Hunter Henry, tied in 36, of course, of the Patriots, 28 years old, way down there. Lots of good, uh, lots of good camp buzz. I know mm-hmm. you're only he- hearing uh, Steelers news up there, but lots of good buzz on Hunter Henry. Yes or no on Hunter Henry? I lean towards no. I, I expected so much more from him, but his target competition isn't yeah. bad. I mean, it'd be hard to move if you had him. You don't cut him, but as a throw-in on a deal, maybe, maybe. But then he's clogging your yeah. roster. You know? Yeah, I get it. Well, thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Every day is check back tomorrow as Kate and Marcus wrap up the week. I'm sure they'll be talking about that game that we'll be watching here very soon. That will do it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL. And I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.